Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Realtor Nation podcast, episode two. My name is Ian Hoover, and I am the host of the podcast, and I'm very excited to bring to you, Realtor Nation, a show to help you improve your business, a podcast by a realtor interviewing more successful realtors for other real estate professionals to listen to. My goal is to bring you some of the most successful agents in the business and ask them the questions that every realtor wants to know. 87% of real estate professionals fail in our business. Let's change that. The agents I'm interviewing have not only succeeded, but they're truly some of the most successful, talented agents in our business. Today, I'm with Erie, Pennsylvania's own Fred Amendola. Before we start, I'd like to talk about his impressive resume. 15 years in the wireless industry, the same industry I came from. His first year, he did over he did 21 deals and over $2 million. That's an impressive first year in the business. And this year, he's about to do, he's on track to do about $10 million in an area that averages less than $130,000 per deal. So without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce Fred Amendola. Welcome, Fred. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Ian? Oh, not too bad at all. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. So I'd like to start off by having you talk to me about your journey. Uh, what, what got you to where you're at and, and why are you in the real estate industry? Well, as you mentioned, Ian, I'm in, I was in uh, the wireless industry for over 15 years and uh, the cellular one and AT&T bought that company. And that's when I, I was a regional manager and got downsized. So wanting, being from the area, wanted to stay in the area and picture 2008, the job market wasn't very good. And uh, so I was out of work for a few years trying to find my way. And the realtor that I've used in the past and gave her quite a few referrals got me into the business. She encouraged me. And to be honest, it was something that I figured I'd do part-time with whatever other full-time gig I'd get. The supplement, because the market up in Erie just wasn't as good, I figured I would have to take a pretty big pay cut. So, uh, But I wasn't working. So even though I thought it might be just a part-time supplement, I threw myself into it, you know, got, you know, did the online classes, got that done in a month, got my license and took off, you know, and as most know that it earned the business, it was the sphere of influence. I had to really work and I didn't have time to do a three-year plan or four-year plan because, you know, I'm married, have, we have three kids at home and uh, I was out of work for a few years. So, uh, didn't have time to ramp up and say, oh, you could get to where you need to be in three years. So uh, just a lot of lot of marketing, a uh, lot of marketing to the sphere. I tried a lot of new things my first year and, and then kind of paid attention to what worked and did more of what worked and less of what didn't the second year and got more efficient as time moved on. And we're jogging along pretty well now. Wow. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I actually, uh, originally from here, actually, uh, uh, the reason why I was excited to bring you on is because you're like my uncle's best friend. Uh, we go back a long ways. Yes. So uh, it, I keep him busy too. <laughs> <laughs> I keep him busy too. Cause as a, uh, I think one of the things that I bring to the table when I'm talking with sellers and buyers, I am from the area. I have a pretty big uh, core of folks that I work with, like your uncle, you know, someone needs some painting, they need some, you know, whatever they need done to their house. I have electrician and I feel like a general contractor most days, to be honest. 
most of my days I spend more time talking with electricians, plumbers, HVAC guys, because we're in a solution business and that's what I spend a lot of time doing. Because in real estate, you know, with the transaction as it is, is, is not as clean as it is, uh, things pop up. And if you're dealing with houses anywhere from fifty dollars to $150,000 in price range, there's issues that come up and things that need fixed and uh, people are busy. They don't, they don't have time to deal with that. They just want to keep making money doing what they're doing. Uh, so I take it upon myself to put the troops into action whenever we have an issue that needs to be taken care of. So John's been a big help as well as, like I said, I got some go-to people, but every day I'm talking to a couple of those folks and uh, trying to be a one call solution for my clients. Yeah, I do the same thing. I mean, being, uh, being available to have a, a crew of people that you can call at any time for just about any situation. It's very important in our business and really makes you stand out from the crowd. Um, one thing I'd like to get into before we start asking the, the, the questions that I have for you is, can you tell me a little bit about your market up in Erie? Because $10 million in production in Erie, I feel is a very impressive thing compared to $10 million in my market of Pittsburgh is just a solid producer. Yeah. Well, as you noted earlier, the average, the average sale is about $125,000. So it's a lot of work. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot for sale in the city where home values are generally lower and uh, you, you can't sit back and be picky and say, Oh, I'm, I'm going to take everything 150 above or whatever. So, and I like to help everyone out and that's why I really think we're here to do so. But in that end, <laughs> I do spend a lot spend a lot of time on these deals, these smaller deals, because they present more challenges. And that's been really an eye-opener to me in the industry. In the cell phone business, if I sold a 50-phone account, it was a lot more work. But it was a lot more, you know, the, the reward was there too. And the five-phone accounts were pretty simple to get and, and transact. Here, you have an eighty dollars to $100,000 house, you'll do more work generally than if you have a house that's three, $400,000. So uh, in a lot of instances, it's more work, less reward. Uh, the reward for me though is there are a lot of challenges. You get title issues. <laughs> I'm working on those. You, you get inspection issues, appraisal issues, uh, more of them that you don't get on the higher end property. So, and that's where I spend a lot of time. And some people look at me that don't do that type of business and why do you spend so much time with it? Somebody needs to. And it is rewarding and I get a lot of referrals because of it. Yeah. Uh, I so. mean, my, my theory is always you can't turn away the, the small business because that will be a referral to something bigger down the road typically. So, well, great. Uh, I mean, I, I know I, I was born in Erie. It's it's definitely uh, an area that, uh, you know, has had its trouble. And I and, uh, just wanted to point that out before we get too deep into here. So in the real estate business, what's your favorite thing about the real estate business? My favorite thing? Well, I, I'd say the one that pops to mind is fixing, being the problem solver, pulling the rabbit out of your hat. 
I hate when people <laughs> you have people say, work your magic, Fred, you know, and a lot of time, you know, and believe me, if it's in my control, I'm going to keep pushing. If it's out of my control, I'm going to be pushing somebody else. But uh, I think in any sales business, you know, making that transaction go through that didn't look like it was going to go through uh, is, you know, it's a challenge. It's, it's a headache at times, but that's the most rewarding. Whether it's helping people get into a house or helping people get out from under a house and move on with their life. That's the most challenging and rewarding. It seems like the best agents are the best problem solvers from my experience. That's correct. So what's your least favorite thing about the industry? (laughs) The inflexibility of the lending process at times. In other words, I, you know, I have a few deals that we're waiting to close and waiting because uh, some bank somewhere needs to send a letter and it's apparent what that needs to be about and what it, just to get the wheels move very slow. Uh, you know, when you get into some larger banks or legal title issues um, and it all comes back to, underwriters and such that need to look at things. And they, you know, it, I understand I wasn't in the business in 2008 when the market, you know, took a dump and, and uh, you know, rightfully so some people did some things that from what I understand should have never happened, but the pendulum has swung the other way. And uh, sometimes these requests are what you see last minute request from underwriting. And I know they're trying to protect themselves and their, their institution, but boy, it's really gone the other way where it can be frustrating. It's hard to explain. Yeah. I I, I totally understand that. It can, it can definitely be frustrating. Hopefully there's a a middle ground we can someday get to that'll make things a lot easier for us all. But that would, that would be wonderful. But until that, you know, whenever we have these problems, I just remind myself and, and others, that's why you have us in the business. Because I remember years ago when I wasn't in the business, but I served the real estate business as a wireless provider, a lot of realtors, and they were concerned about the MLS coming and the books going away and then the internet and they're not going to need a realtor. And I'll tell you what, now more than ever, you know, all the restrictions and everything that came in and, you know, after that uh, has made using a realtor just so much. I couldn't imagine doing it without a realtor with all the stuff that comes up these days. So in a, in a sense, it's job security. You know, if it was simple, they wouldn't need us. Right. Well, well, hopefully what you just said, Zillow is out there listening because they think that uh, they don't need realtors, I guess. So, <laughs> um, okay. So in our business, there's a statistic that 87% of agents fail by the five year mark. Why do you think that is? Uh, and it is outside sales. I don't care however anyone sugarcoats it, but in any outside sales, it's uh, it's a tough business. And you're an independent contractor, and I think self-disciplined, persistence. Uh, you know, I I cold called quite a bit in the business I was in, so my expectations I think we're in the right place. I think a lot of folks get in the business, maybe haven't done that outside sales. Maybe they've done retail sales 
when they're coming to you and just, you know, to be able to dig up that business and stick with it. You know, that's, I think that's a statistic. A lot of businesses that open up small businesses have within five years, certain high percentage of them don't make it. If they make it past that mark, then they're doing, doing things right and sticking with it. So I, I think it has to do with just being able to handle rejection, being persistent. I understand if I make 10 calls and get one, that's a good thing. Someone that maybe hasn't done the, done that type of work in the past uh, might not get that. It might not get to number 10. They might quit before <laughs> then. So of course, once you do things right for a while, your sphere of influence kicks in. Again, I saw that in a wireless business and I also managed outside salespeople and a lot of them came and went and then, but a handful of them got past that mark and it was, I wouldn't say it's easy street, but their, their activities are shifted instead of spending time finding a business, they're taking care of business and continuing to do the right things and market as well. But it's, it's not, you got to get past that first couple of years, whatever time frame it is. You know, I ramped it up quicker than that, but to where you're, you're not constantly having a cold call to get all your business, your sphere is working for you. Yeah. I think for everybody, it's a little different. Mine seemed to be like right around the three year mark. I started to really pick up uh, without having to do cold calls, but obviously uh, you still got to do those calls, whether it's calling your sphere of influence or, or calling somebody cause it's a, it's a relationship business. That's what we're in. So. Well, that's the other thing. I had a discussion with another realtor the other day and, and they were surprised. Actually they walked in and saw me making calls to people that I haven't heard from in a while. And they're like, that's why you, do so well because I'd never do that. They said, I'm not as motivated to do that. And whether it's a downtime at an open house or this time of year when we have a little more time, I've always learned from the outside sales business, you can never stop prospecting. Okay. You can never stop prospecting. If, if, if you wait till things slow down on the sales end to start prospecting again, now you've got, now you're in for a slow couple months. And I've always been a consistent performer because even though I might be busy as heck writing up business or closing business, you can still always fit in a few phone calls, a few emails, some Facebook or other social media. You got to still do the other stuff because if you stop doing that, the business will stop. And if yeah. you wait too long till it's, you're, you have the time, then it's too late. And then you got a three or four month cycle of uh, down, down time. So I, Totally agree with that. You, you really see the, the roller coaster if you don't, if you're not consistent with those calls and with making connections. So how many hours a week does it take to sell 70 plus properties a year? You don't really want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot. I mean, I have my niece who helps me in the summertime with some administrative stuff cause she's going to college. So, but other than that, you know, she's 10 to 15 hours a week during the summer. Um, I do quite a bit on my own. So that's a good question. I mean, I'd say in the slower time, it, it is like a 40 to 40 to 50 hour, but uh, slower time for me is a couple months and it's nice and steady right now. Uh, the busier time, 70 hours a week. I mean, it's, it's hard to say because uh, I'll show houses. I'll, 
come back to the office, do whatever. But after the kids get to bed, I'm on the laptop doing other stuff. So it's more than I'd probably like to admit, but (laughs) you know, you got to do what you got to do. I'd Um, rather do it with half the sales. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same way. What it is. As soon as the wife and kids go to bed, that that laptop pulls back out and I get a couple more hours in. So, okay. So, um, you know, obviously you do a lot of transactions. You just talked about your niece. Um, so you don't currently have a team or do you? No, I don't. Have you thought about making a team? Yes. Yeah. And that's something within the next year that's, that's going to happen. Okay, great. Do you so, have any idea? I have kids, I have kids that are 11, going to be 11, 13, and 16. So travel softball, baseball, tra- all those different activities. It's really, thank God for technology, you know, to be able to use that to still get work done while be on the road and catch some of that stuff. So, yeah, I expect by next spring, summer, I'll, I'll I'll at least hopefully have a full-time assistant, maybe a buyer's agent. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. I mean, that's definitely a good step for any real estate agent to take. Um, The saying that I hear all the time in our business is you have to spend money to make money. What is the best free way that you generate business? Free? Yep. Free. I'd say social media. I'd say LinkedIn, Facebook, when I came in the business, I used those things reactively. I was in a business sales position. I didn't feel I really needed. I used them reactively. Uh, as soon as I got in the business, I realized, I mean, I blew up and expanded my connections on LinkedIn and my Facebook friends oh, a ton, a ton. Because every time they clicked on accept to connect, oh, Fred's at Howard Hanna now, or Fred's doing real estate now. And I've, so that's, that's by far as far as the, getting the reach out there to my sphere and getting it spiral out there and go viral. It'd be Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Now out of the money you do spend on marketing, what is your best return on investment? I venture to guess I, I uh, started working with a company called Outbound Engine earlier this year and they helped manage my communication with my spear. So they actually will send out a couple newsletters a month, (coughs) excuse me, to them and also social media posts. You said you don't really keep statistics on it, uh, but you just started it, but you can see that it's a nice return on investment. Well, the one stat I remember hearing from NAR, and I don't remember the exact, if it's 95, 97% what it is, it's a high percentage of people that said if they remembered the realtor's name that they used the last time or first time they bought a house, they would use them, but they forgot because there's so long, there's many years in between. So I took that and I... Well, I do a few things, but one is the outbound engine. I mean, keeping in in, in touch with my spear. And uh, I guess the evidence is I don't have to 
to prospect FISBOs. I don't have to prospect expireds. I mean, when I stumble upon them, I can't turn away from them. That's my salesman, you know, instinct. But because I'm doing a good job of keeping with my sphere, I also give a Cutco closing gift. I don't know if you ever heard of Cutco. I have. Yep. I sold that when I was in college, uh, twenty something <laughs> years ago. And what's funny is a gentleman came around a, that my first year and said this would be a nice closing gift. And uh, I thought of that NAR statistic. And, uh, you know, it has my name, my brokerage firm, you know, number right on the blade. And it's something they use and they'll use forever because they are guaranteed forever. And uh, I, anything we can do to help them remember my name. Because once they do, they're going to remember the experience they had and I'm going to get their business or any their friends and family. And so the outbound engine kind of mod kind of automates that. I mean, they also send out a couple follow-up tweets, LinkedIn messages, you know, uh, social media posts for me. And the key is they're educational, not salesy. I mean, I put my stuff on there like any realtor, picture my clients with the sold sign in front of the house. <laughs> and my sphere likes that. But uh, <clears throat> as you build your social network presence, you get folks that don't know you as well as, you know, your first ones that were on with you, your family and friends. And they don't want to just see that all the time. You know, they want to, they want information. Yep. Tips want on content. winterizing your home, tips on getting ready for spring tips. on. So it's been very helpful as far as return on investment. I mean, I still do some Zillow advertising and because, because I convert pretty well because I get back to people <laughs> within minutes. Uh, and, and are good at converting um, the ROI on that's a no-brainer just because I convert but uh, I don't that's not a ton of my business that might be like 10% gotcha well what is your favorite memory so far in your your real estate career that's a good one <laughs> There, there's a few of them. <clears throat> I mean, I had one, one was a closing on a tough deal and it was a $70,000 deal and I had both sides and there was just a lot of obstacles. There was title issues and they had to get a quiet title and it just, you know, getting it to appraise and, you know, all along the way and even the closing was a, two and a half, three hour, which closing, you know, don't take that long, but there were some issues at closing, but when we got that done, <laughs> pretty rewarding. Everybody right? was happy. Yeah. Everybody was happy. And, uh, you know, the gentleman's still, the young man's still in the house and enjoys it. And that was, you get a lot of stories. Definitely. The more deals you do like that, you know, there's a lot of, like I said, that's that's probably why I do it. I mean, if every deal was new construction and just order taking, I mean, I it'd be nice to have a few of those. But if that's that was all of them, I think it'd lose its luster. I think it would get boring, you know. Understandable. That's, so that's, that's how I was yeah. in my wireless career. I thought I was just you know a hamster in a wheel almost. I just kept saying the same things over and over again, like a broken record. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so moving forward here, what does a typical day look like from you from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep? <clears throat> well, uh, I usually don't and am not able to get out of the house without phone calls or emails or something like that. And that's not because I sleep in and, <laughs> you know, I mean, so calls and emails and texts could start usually email and text fairly early you know, anywhere between eight and nine o'clock and, or if there were overnight requests via Zillow or other website, you know, I try to get back to people, um, again, right away. And, and, and you know, it, it could be office time before I get out on the road. I show a lot of houses. I mean, of my business, if you look at 80, 75, 80 deals, it's pretty even now as far as half and half sales, uh, listings and buyers. That wasn't the, at first it's it's uh so my typical day i'm showing houses you know i'm showing today's friday here i'm showing three or four more here this afternoon and evening and i'm showing a couple tomorrow on so it's showing houses and it's talking to i usually have eight to ten deals in process you know so it's talking to home inspectors appraisers contractors making attorneys, settlement agents, making sure that we're on track. Um, so that's, you know, a sprinkle in some listing appointments, obviously. Um, <clears throat> in a typical day, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a variety. It's a variety, but I'd say I probably show 50 to 60 homes a month. Maybe that's. Wow. 10 okay. to 15 a week, you know, some weeks though it's more, some weeks it's less, but you know, buyers take up a lot of time. You trying to squeeze the gym in anywhere? No, no. no? <laughs> <laughs> really. Well, I just, I just went back and played some basketball two weeks ago. I uh, used to play pickup ball. Uh, and I started in the spring for a couple weeks and then got busy. And so I got to do that because uh, it's good stress relief and uh, good exercise. It is, yeah. I played basketball twice a week, actually. So Yeah, I used to do that <clears throat> before real estate. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, there's no reason not to do that. Maybe next year with a team or a little there, help. There you go. So what are your thoughts on technology and how it's affecting our business? I love e-signature. <laughs> I love e-signature. E-signature is the the greatest thing I'll tell you. Um, and the programs are easy to use. I mean, they're, anyone can use them. So, I mean, I've been on the softball field on a weekend in the summertime and did a deal and sent it to someone in Franklin PA and I'm in Cleveland and, uh, uh FaceTime, you know, I've sold a few houses using FaceTime when people couldn't get in town, but, or with a husband and the wife isn't there and didn't get a chance to see the house. So um, that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, I, I think technology is changing our industry quite a bit, and I always like to get everybody's perspective on that. How I mean, I come from that, so I'm that, that field, so I'm probably more open to it than others, but it's, it's how you use it and how you make it. So. How important is goal setting to you? 
Well, it's very important. Uh, then you can have an idea of, I mean, you could have goals for everything. Activity, uh, return on investment. I mean, obviously, you know, units and production, volume is, is important. But when, uh, when I was in outside sales, I really focused on daily activities and what needed done, and then the results followed. If you just look at a big number, it could get kind of overwhelming. So, you know, having uh, goals for how often you're going to keep in touch with clients. I mean, you, otherwise, you, you're just winging it. Right. No, absolutely. Um, if you were a brand new agent today, how, what, would, what action, what steps would you take to start your business from scratch? Well, number one, I'd <clears throat> identify my sphere. And we all know a lot more people than we realize until we really start working on that. And using, you know, there are people that we've met in our life that we don't even remember because it's been so many years. And uh, just going through our social media contacts and, oh, wait a minute, I haven't seen them in years and letting them know. So I, getting your sphere defined and it's, and it's ever revolving and you keep adding to it as you meet people and letting them know what you do. Uh, that is the quickest way because people buy from people they know and trust. So, uh, I mean, also you'll, you'll get to understand how to call on a FISBO and how to do that because you got to do some of those things. <laughs> Absolutely. Too. And you're, you know, but really if you start with your spirit market from there, um, did the same thing with Cutco Knives, first day of training. They had you make a list of family and friends that you're going to practice on and get started and expand that list. And, you know, that's sales. No matter where I've been, selling phones or whatever, you start with your spear and go from there. Do you have a mentor and how did they help you? Uh, well, Bobby Strong got me into the business uh, here and again she was my realtor for a few houses I've bought and sold so she got me into the business and she she helped me out with you know again especially when I was new bouncing ideas and different scenarios and how to how to deal with certain things and you know as a new person you got to take it on yourself too to it's okay to ask a bunch of questions but you know listen take it in and learn so you can deal with that yourself the next time you know and um you know, she, she was very helpful. She was very helpful there. Um, there are also a few others in the off, you know, um, I don't care how old you get and how much experience you got. You got to always be willing to learn from others. And, you know, I'm a city boy and got into these county properties with well and septic and all that. And there's a lot of great resources with experience around us. Some of the other folks in the office and and uh, they've always been very helpful. And you learn, my first four transactions were condo, short sale, reload, and a mobile home. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk about different transactions. <clears throat> I guess when you do, and when you do a volume, you get into a bunch of different things you normally wouldn't get into. Um, and just having that small group around you that could help answer those questions or know where to go to get it. 
Well, one thing my wife would tell you is that if I have a flaw, it's balancing work and life. How do you balance your work and life? Uh, that, well, something's got to give and that's sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I, I enjoy, uh, our, our kids sports and and activities and those types of things. So a lot of people tell you this, one of the benefits is a flexible schedule. Yeah, it does have flexibility, but you got to be there for the client. But there are certain things if you you know, I, I put all those things in my calendar and make a best effort to schedule around it. And some weeks it goes goes decent, some weeks it doesn't. But I, I never stop trying and attempting and putting those things in. you got to put those personal things in your schedule. And while you're there, you're, you're networking too. I mean, I've had people call me, I saw you, you work so hard at the, the kids' games, you got your laptop, you know, I want you working on selling my house. So, I mean, it works both ways too. So, you know, you network when you can. But, yeah, that's, you got to schedule it in, and sometimes that schedule changes. But if you don't even, you know, you can't wing it, just like that's another goal. You set a goal, you set, you set your schedule and do your best to work around it. So do you think retirement is a pipe dream for real estate agents? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think this would be a great, I think this, I think I'll enjoy it even more when I am retirement age and don't have the pressures of supporting a family, uh, there because you could dial it back a bit or if you have a team you could delegate i think i think it could be a great part-time gig as you move into retirement um no i think i think i I think i'll enjoy it a lot more I, i do enjoy it but you know when you get to a point that you could you could let go of some things and because I'm to the point, I don't, you know, unless I drastically do something different or wrong, I mean, I don't see this snowball, you know, going the other way. So I think it's a nice built-in, just like if you got an insurance agent that's built up a book of business, you know, if they continue to do things that got them the business, they're going to keep that business. It's just a matter of when they want to dial it back and how they want to do it. So do you know how many agents are in the greater Erie area? Yeah, yeah, there's my last number I heard was around 500. Just 500. Okay, we're about 5,000 in in my in my neck of the woods. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got more woods. Yeah, we do. Have more <laughs> but yeah, woods, that's a sure. lot. Um, so how do you separate yourself from the other 500 plus agents in your area? Well, like I've always tried to, you know, getting back to people, communication, a lot of times that's, I don't want to say that's all what people want, but a lot of times they're so appreciative. And I I understand it now, but at first when I was in sales, I, I didn't get it. You know, all I did was recall them back and give them an update, you know, but that customer service and communication and follow-up, unfortunately, in the world has gone the other way. So if you just do what you say you're going to do, 
even when you can't get an answer, remember to <laughs> let them know we're working on it. Here's what's going on. Because uh, no communication, they assume nobody's thinking of them and doing anything towards their problems. So that's a big, that that's probably number one. Okay. Right there. I mean, on listing side, my pictures are outstanding. I, I take a lot of time and spend a lot of time taking good pictures, decluttering, et cetera, because your presentation online is what, especially the millennials, they don't, everybody's busy, you know, and they're going to, they're going to look at, they're going to look online. And if it presents well on that line, they're calling their agent. If not, they're clicking to the next one. And I just see some that are just, I wonder if, you know, they're taking pictures of furniture for goodness sakes. There's no, you can't get an idea of size and space. And, you know, so I think the marketing part of it is very important uh, as well on, on the online presence. You do know you're talking to a millennial, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> That's okay. All right, all right. Just making sure we're on the same page here. Okay. Well, I that, understand. That concludes the main questions I had for you, but now we're going to go into what I call the blitz round, which are going to be the same five questions to every guest that I have on my show. Um, so we're just quick, quick answers, nothing, nothing long here, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, the first question I have of the blitz round is, what is your favorite technology tool? Technology tool, my wireless hotspot. Your wireless hotspot. On my phone that I could use my laptop, yeah, at open houses or anywhere. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. I didn't do that my first year, but my second year, say so I'm going to splurge and get a hotspot. Boy, watch out. <laughs> Anytime, anywhere. There you go. I like it. What is your favorite real estate book? <clears throat> favorite real estate book. Uh, I'm reading the I'm reading the one from uh, Willie from KW uh, Gary uh, Keller Gary Keller's book. Which one? The one thing uh, millionaire real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, the million millionaire real estate it's agent. A great book. Yeah, I I read a lot of books when I was young working for Cutco Cutlery, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, etc. And I, sometimes you don't realize what you learn until you read it again. And like, I do some of that, some of that stuff I learned and never still don't do, but anyway, it's a great book. I try and uh, listen to uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book at least once a year. It just keeps me motivated, keeps me focused, you know, and uh, books are, are a great thing to help continue your education. If you were not an agent, what would you be? A detective. A detective. I like it. Why would you be a detective? Again, uh, find finding the answers, finding have a problem, finding you know, finding the answers. I, you know, I get to do that in my business. You know, sometimes a little more than I'd like to, but just finding a way to get it done. I like that. That's a great answer. What is your favorite hobby? I mean, personally, for myself, you know, just playing basketball is it. But um, other, the realistic, you know, is more just spending time with the family and our kids' activities. Okay. Going to my daughter plays travel softball, and that's that's a good time. I love that. I coached part of that too, and until I got into real estate, <laughs> still being involved with that. 
Yeah. Okay. And what is your dream vacation? I don't know. With real estate, I've been I've been to Italy with Cellular One. I've been to Hawaii. Um, so I've been in some nice places. Hawaii is really nice. Uh, that would probably be. I wouldn't mind going back there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. With the family, though. There you go. All right. Well, I think that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for your time and coming on to our show today. I wish you all the best and continuing to grow your business. Uh, and hopefully we can do a follow-up podcast when you hit the $20 million mark. Sounds great. I appreciate it. All right, Fred. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Realtor Nation, that was another great interview. I hope you got out out of it as much as I did. For all other content, please visit our website at dhrea.com slash learn. Until next time, this is Ian Hoover with the Deacon Hoover Radio Network signing off.